Let's get this boat on the road. Welcome to another triumphant Packers podcast as uh, the Packers hold off the charging chargers. That's mm. awful. 27 yeah. to 20. Charging chargers. She oh, was. Anyway, let's get this boat on the road. Let's get yeah. this. <laughs> that is my joke from last week. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Um, so uh, we gave up about 10,000 yards passing. And still managed to win. So that's good, right? Right. Or not right. I don't uh, know. We won, so that's good, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the big part. Yeah, and we're 6-0 and going into the bye. And I have never been this happy to have a bye. Oh, my God, yeah. Normally the bye is sort of a bummer, but we need it badly, don't you think? Yeah, I remember one time there was a bye that was – very convenient for Favre because it was looking like he was going to miss a game and then the streak was going to be over. <laughs> that, that's the only other time I remember thinking. Uh, yeah, except for this is like our entire team. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Favre one, that was after the Washington game, wasn't it? I think so, and I think he hurt his knee. And we we're all thinking, oh, my gosh, he's going to miss a game. What are we going to do? Uh-huh. Oh, it's the bye week. Yeah, and so, oh, man, maybe he'll be back. Awesome. <laughs> it's such an unhealthy thing, though. Yeah. It's like, it was like Rodgers this year with the interceptions. It's like, who cares? Uh-huh. You know what? Yeah. I mean, when, when push comes to shove, it's like where you are at the end of the year. I mean, 6-0 and is nice and everything, but, like, it's only the second time in the Super Bowl era we've been 6-0. and um, And the other time we didn't win the Super Bowl. So who cares? Meanwhile, like, I'm hearing the Broncos have been 6-0 and like six times since 2000 or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not quite that. Maybe since 95 or something like that. But yeah, they've had a slew of good teams in the regular season and they're in a weak division. And so it's like, who cares? Six and oh, I'd rather be healthy and playing well. It's more about the subjective sort of criteria, you know, like how we look and how it feels and everything. And Yeah. But it's cool to win games when you're not playing well, which we've done the last two weeks. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be pretty. Doesn't have to be pretty, that's for sure. And it wasn't pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, I that the play that stands out to me, I guess, is the last play of the game. Yeah. Because um, they had run just before that, they had run the pass play to the corner, and uh, what's his name, Edelman, um, or Woodhead. I'm. Yeah. I, I got my midget patriot white guys confused. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Woodhead got, was wide open in the flat, but they threw it to the corner. And I was, as I was watching that fourth down play, the last play of the game, I could see Demarius Randall and I'm like, Demarius, Demarius, get over there. Like, you know, like even before the snap and everything, I'm like, but he knew what he was doing all along and almost baited it. Or at least, you know, he played it perfectly and to come flying out there and swat it out of the air to win the ball game. That's just clutch. So I'm happy about that. It was pretty awesome. Also happy about Jeff Janis. Yeah. And um, and his mustache. Is it a mustache? I kept looking, like, because he has a it, cheat. They didn't show him with his helmet off. It, as they far as I connected to other stuff. Right. <laughs> Is it still a mustache if you have the rest of the stuff? I, I don't no. know. No, I don't. Well, yeah, it that's a really good question. Does it become part of the beard or is it still an, an, you know, an autonomous mustache? I think it becomes something else. Yeah, I think like, it's just, I think it's just part of your collective beard then. Yeah. Cause you can't have a, well, you can have a beard without a mustache. Well, what do you call like the Amish Mennonite beard? Yeah. That's like a chin strap beard. Is it a beard though? Yeah. 
So you can have a beard without a mustache. So that means that you can have a mustache and a beard. Well, is it like is, is it kind of like how all alligators are cro- crocodiles, but not all crocodiles are alligators, or something like that? Well, that's not a thing. I don't. I, <laughs> so I don't, this, cover, this conversation is. I don't even. I, I'm just. It's, it's one thing. of those situations. No, 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 it isn't. <laughs> there are alligators and there are crocodiles. I don't know. I read something about it. Uh, pretty sure. <laughs> he googled it. He, he googled like, it. It's always sunny. Uh, you sure? I'm pretty sure I. No, alligators and crocodiles are different things. Because I remember one year, a few years ago, the Florida Gators put a crocodile on the cover of their media guide. And people got upset. Well, people noticed. Because yeah. I guess to some people, that's like the difference between a squirrel and a chipmunk. Like you can tell instantly. I don't yeah. know. They look like leathery miniature terror dinosaurs to me. So I don't – both of them. No, thank you. They, they look like they'd break all my bones. Yeah. It's hard for me to think of something less appealing than, like, wrestling an alligator. Like, when you see those rednecks in Florida, like, feeding them and, you know, playing tricks with them at Gatorland or whatever. That holds no appeal to me at all. I've I've been there. You've been to Gatorland? Dad took me, yeah. Wow. Yeah, a long time ago. Are you looking up alligators and crocodiles right now, Mark? Yeah, I was reading some kid book, <laughs> you know, because somebody asked me, like, what's the difference between, I don't know what the difference between them are. I don't care. It's probably you know? in the same, you've, you probably thought, you probably were reading there the same thing in, like, the same book that said trickle-down economics works. No. Nah. Mm, it was, it was a, I, actually, it was a book that I read on the in, the internet that Al Gore invented. That One of those <laughs> online things. Yeah, it's a miss. It's a near miss there. Um, so anyway. Uh, just to let you know the difference between alligators and crocodiles is the shape of their head. The crocodile's skull and jaw are longer and narrower than the alligators. See that? We got our own research team. Well, First which one, one is came up U-shaped on... and which one is V-shaped, Ty? I don't do Jeez. The alligator is... has the wide U-shape. Is this a football podcast or an alligator podcast? Yeah, this is dumb. This is a waste. <laughs> I don't know. I think as long as we have like the eyewitness news team over there in, uh, you know, Sturgeon Bay, we should use them. I don't know. I I did read that in some kid thing. Some some somebody spreading misinformation. Was it in the same one where they 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 teach creationism? Was it in that book? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus riding a dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> that would be sweet. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway. Um, Philip Rivers managed 503 yards, um, but as as in, in one of Jim Nance's few moments of of um, solid wordplay, said he needed 506, so they came up just three yards short. But 65 pass attempts? Are you kidding me? Yeah, we had like 45 yeah. total plays. They had 65 pass attempts, 43 completions, only sacked three times. That's what just drove me nuts. And then. It's one of those things like when you're not getting to the quarterback and they stay on the field, your guys just get more and more tired and that pass rush just gets more and more worn down. But somehow at the end they are able to cobble together a few sacks just to kind of slow them down. You know, the Chargers were doing what I thought every team should try to do against the Packers. And were they what they, you thought they were? Aired out every time. Are they what the, you thought they were? <laughs> I didn't. I had no idea what they were. So, <laughs> but you know, it just seems like we always get beat on huge pass plays on third down, which they did a ton yesterday. Well, you, mean, you remember last year the New England game? We won that too, but they also like Brady threw it like fifty-five times. Like it was the same sort of deal, and they do that frequently. But like, yeah, I think you're right. Like that—that that seems to be the way. Quick passes, you know. It's kind of the Packers' Achilles heel, but also the rules are set up in the NFL to favor that style of play. Uh-huh. You know, if you have some incidental contact, you might end up getting a 60-yard play out of it because the ref thought it was too much. So uh-huh. I think it's a good way to try to beat the Packers, honestly. And he made some amazing throws with just that god-awful, ugly delivery. But Isn't he made that it ridiculous? Work. He's, yeah, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a long time, but every time he throws it, it looks like, like a four-year-old. 
<laughs> yeah, it looks like, oh my gosh, the ball's so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear during the game that his wife is expecting their eighth child? Yeah, I somebody was saying that he had seven kids already. Yeah, and another on the way. God. I mean, that's crazy. Explain to them zero population growth. (laughs) At some point, it's totally none of our business, but that just seems irresponsible. I can't keep (laughs) up with two kids. And I don't have like a a, a job like NFL player where half of the year, nine months out of the year, you're like completely absorbed in it. If you have eight kids, you need the salary of a good NFL player to pay. Yeah, that's, for a, that's the only good thing is that he can yeah. he can certainly afford it. But especially they have to be teenagers because like my son eats like he's skinny as a rail and he eats like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, you know. I remember those. Those were the good old days. Uh, now I eat a cheeseburger and I feel like I got shot with a tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Thank God there's no lettuce on it oh. though. <laughs> Maybe mix in a salad beforehand. And uh, that, is, little, that is a salad. Tough. So yeah. you're like David Hasselhoff with the with the cheeseburger. Remember that video that came out a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking along the that what's his name in his stand up where he's like, Sir, you can't lay down, this is a McDonald's. <laughs> oh, that's uh the King Queen's guy. Yeah. Uh James. James Kevin, Kevin James. James. That's what it is. The, no, the, the best is Louis C. K. when he says, I'm not done eating when I'm full. I'm not done eating until I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is oh, how I feel sometimes. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. Like, I'll, I'll look at a plate of food. Like I just did tonight. I had some noodles. I didn't even really want noodles, but my, my daughter needed dinner, and so we went to the place and got the. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, it smells good. I'll get some. And then I end up just eating the whole thing. Like halfway through, I'm like, I'm full. Yeah. It tastes good and everything, but I'm I'm full. But I'm, ah, let's just polish her off. It's just you can't leave. It's gonna go bad. You know, you gotta eat it. You so, never be uh, able to reheat that. Yeah. Um, what were we talking? Eight kids. Yeah. Mm, do it. I, I just, you have to have some sort of system in place, and I guess his system is uh, a lot of money. Oh, I, I was thinking he had a different system in place that seemed to be working out with eight kids. Here's the weird part is that the guy's like, what, 34, 35, something like that? So yeah, his, yeah. his wife has probably been pregnant 80% of the time he's known her. Like, that's just kind of like, you know, uh, it's a fundamentally different type of relationship when your and, wife is pregnant and when she's yeah. not, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he may be the only, he's not the only NFL player to have eight kids, but he may be the only NFL player to have eight kids with the same woman. Ooh, that's a low blow. Ooh, I thought you were going to say he's the only one to acknowledge all of them, but. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think Antonio Cromartie acknowledges all of his. <laughs> he has like seven kids by six women or something like that. The poor yeah, guy, like, that's the why he's family. still good. That's why he's still playing. Or he played for so long is because he couldn't afford to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all had like settlements where they get 20 grand a month or something. Uh, yeah, not a good business decision, sleeping around. So we're talking about football? Hey, football. Yeah, football. <laughs> Happened yesterday. There was a game. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, we got off to a great start. Um, had the little uh, – James Starks had a tremendous day, 100 yards rushing. I think that's our first 100-yard rusher this um, year, although it feels like we didn't earn it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because it was mostly on two plays. Ten but. carries for 100. Yeah, it's pretty much two plays. But he ends up having a long run, and then the the pitch, which counts as a pass for the first touchdown, and then they got a field goal, and then the second touchdown. Um, I guess they did count that as a rushing touchdown for Starks. Oh, no, he had a, another one later. That was a rushing touchdown. And then another James Jones touchdown in the third quarter. Starks looked explosive. It was fun to watch. They had that little, um, the metrics, the new metrics that are coming out that they're going to be in all the baseball parks next season, I think. And it looks like they're in a lot of football stadiums now where they can tell you how fast the guy's running. Did you hmm. see that? He hit 21 miles an hour on his long run. That's amazing. Which And then they did, I watched some of the other highlights. That was about the fastest guy I saw, which is amazing because cool. he's not a skinny sprinter build. Then we'll be able to tell when somebody's dogging it to first base. Oh, yeah. 
Well, you can also tell, you'll be able to tell the difference in baseball between a guy who gets a great jump on a ball and takes a good route, and then it looks like an easy routine catch, versus a guy who gets a bad jump, takes a bad route, and has to dive to catch it. But the guy who dives is the one who ends up getting the gold gloves. But You know what I mean? But yeah. the guy that should be rewarded is the one who's just more efficient in his routes and gets the ball faster and stuff. You know, plus turning, yeah, turning double plays, uh, quickness around the bases. It's going to be really good. The problem is it's all proprietary. So you have to, like, pay Major League Baseball millions of dollars to have access to all of it. But hopefully it'll pop up in, like, you know, here and there where we can Take my it. millions. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. If I had millions to spend on that, <laughs> things would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was cool when they showed that, though. Yeah. Um so yeah, he just looked great, and I think some reporters afterwards were asking if Lacey is worn down or what's going on, and McCarthy was just like, "No, we're just doing the same thing we did last year, which is to monitor his carries throughout the season to kind of pace him for the playoffs, which I think is super smart. I'm happy they're doing that, and they're going to try to balance those two guys out unless one of them's super hot, which obviously Starks was yesterday. And Lacey probably is a little banged up, so it doesn't hurt that he only had whatever, um, four Four carries carries for three yards. Yeah, four carries, and then he has a bye. And, like, half the team, that bye is coming at a great time. So hopefully, you know, Ty Montgomery will come back, give the offensive line a little bit more time to heal up, Um, maybe get some receivers back, (laughs) get Adams back, who knows. Was there an update on Ty Montgomery today? Because I looked and I didn't. Sprained ankle. Did they give a timeline? Let's go to the official Thai newsroom, covering all things Thai. Thai? Sprained ankle. There it is, folks. Straight from the crocodile's mouth. Uh, alligator. <laughs> it's an alligator. Oh, my bad. It's a croc. <laughs> it's a snout. Oh, and, and other breaking news, which won't be breaking when this airs, our podcast goes out, but Jermichael Finley officially retires from the NFL. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, You'd rather see that than see him get carted off the field, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, while I'm thinking of it, I'll forget to do this at the front. But like, you can contact us at hellbypackers at gmail dot com or uh, at hellbypackers on the Twitter. And we had, um, and then there's hellbypackers dot com, and then hellbypackers on Facebook. Jeez. This is, and then, you know, like, and then people nowadays, they have, like, the Instagram and the Snapchat and the Snap, yeah. snap Face. Snap Face and Instachat. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm going to come out with Crocodile Face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ty, there is a, a speaking of um, Snap Face, there was a Twitter moment, a Healthy Packers Twitter moment uh, this weekend, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, me and uh, our mother went to go see my son march at the Bayport High School halftime show, uh, their football game. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple Packers there. Uh, they were doing the. He's you in know, the band, half- right? He wasn't just. He's in. Yeah, he wasn't just marching around the field. He's actually in the band. See, um, it almost seemed like his name was March, the way you set that up. What? You Continue with up. your story, Ty. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, the Packer players were there for the, you know, uh, NFL fights cancer, and they were throwing out footballs to all the fans and stuff. And I was standing there on the sidelines looking across the field at them because they were over on the other side. You got a sideline pass to that? that? It's a high school game. You had, to pull some, you had to pull some strings? Yeah, I had to pull some strings. I figured you had a press pass. No, no. Um, and uh, I'm looking at the numbers over there, and it was uh, – uh, uh, Micah Hyde was over there and a couple other guys. And then I saw 91, and I, I, I couldn't really see it across the field, but I thought it said 91. And then I saw him walking back around our side of the field, and, and uh, it was Jay Roan and, and his kid who kept trying to run out on the field. He's got some legs on him. Hmm. Is and, Jay Roan uh, enormous? Uh, I, I have a picture, I think I sent it to you guys, of me standing talking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and couldn't tell with perspective and everything, though. You can never really tell. Like, Yeah. 
He's a little bit bigger guy, um, but extremely, <laughs> extremely nice. Bigger guy. A little bit of a bigger guy. A little bit of a bigger guy. Defensive you know? end in the NFL. Yeah. Um, extremely nice, though. Only in America would that be a little bit of a bigger guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I said that I said that he was our our my brother's pick on our podcast that we do about the Packers every week uh, last year to be the the standout guy, et cetera, et cetera. And we talked for a little bit while being rudely interrupted by this Bayport High School uh, employee who was trying to get me to stop talking to him until J. Ron kind of shot him a glance to shut up, which is kind of cool. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, I said, hey, can I get a picture? He's like, sure, man, no problem. And then we talked and. He went on his way, and so we uh, we put it on the old Twitter, and he uh, I, I put it on the Twitter, and he liked it and uh, shared it with all his Twitter followers, and uh, he also did the same on Instagram too. He uh, he liked the photo and, and put a few little emojis underneath it. Well, good kind for of, him. But he's a, he's a very he's a, he was a really really nice guy, really nice guy. And he had a and, little bit of an impact again this week. Yeah. And and also Micah Hyde was standing right there too, and our mother just leans over to us and goes, "Is that really Micah Hyde, or is that just somebody wearing his jersey?" <laughs> hey, that's a good question. Half these and guys, I, and you I, don't said, know. I said, I said, because they're all all the, the like the five or six players that were all there were all wearing their jerseys, you uh-huh. know. And uh, I said, "No, that's really him." And she goes, "Well, he looks so much smaller." <laughs> and and I said, "But he would still lay you out." And, well, you know. I would certainly hope not. I mean, this is the NFL, but... I mean, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yesterday when he made a play, um, she sent me a text during the game so, saying that he looks much bigger on TV with a smiley face. I thought that was Maybe funny. it's shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. I, think it's, I think it is. I mean, because you can wear different kinds of shoulder pads, and, you know, you can... A lot of football players do a lot of work on musculature of the neck and upper arm yeah. area that push it up even more with the shoulder pad. But yeah, um, sometimes you run into NFL guys and you're just like, what? Like, mm-hmm. I bet you if you were standing next to Danny Woodhead, you wouldn't even... In fact, I think I remember when he played for the Patriots, they had him go work in the mall, like at a Pacific Sun or something. <laughs> and or some place that was selling Woodhead jerseys. And he'd be like, hey, can I help you? You want a Woodhead jersey? And the guy's like, no, that guy ain't gonna stick. Like, yeah. <laughs> To him, like over and over, guy after guy, because he was uh-huh. shorter than like every, he's like five seven or something. Like that. But yeah. but Jermichael or uh, Jermichael, Jesus, Jaron is uh, aware of the podcast. That's and, good. Uh, well, if you're so, out there, Jaron, we love you. Yeah. So someday we'll hopefully we'll get him on. Yeah, that'd be awesome. A little interview. That'd be awesome. I have no idea what I'd ask him. So well, I was relying on you to come up with questions. So well, you know. I, yeah, that's so weird for you guys <laughs> to do that. Um, it'd be like when Chris Farley interviewed people on Saturday Night Live. So, um, you remember that, remember that time that you, um, you, uh, you, you tackled that quarterback? That was awesome. That's awesome. So you had a song called Love is All You Need? Yep, yep, that's true. <laughs> is, is that true? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, uh, Jaron, great, great guy. He's one of the guys I love seeing that defense play well. I like seeing everyone healthy. Dayton Jones had a big game, um, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Pinnell was in there once or twice. He was one of the guys at the game on Friday, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good to see the defense healthy, and a, a week off will only make them more healthy. So it's good to see. Well, Ha-ha the- looks, does Haha look like a completely different player than last year? He looks like a badass. Yeah, yeah, that's how I. Feel. He he totally clocked Melvin Gordon, man, on that fumble. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. He just comes in there with just reckless abandon. He hits. He has several big hits every game. It seems like. Yeah, and he's, he's not losing his assignment. But he's not a he's not really a dirty player either. I mean, no, he's just playing. T- yeah, tough. The, yeah, yeah, he's not Chuck Cecil. Um, oh God! Remember when but, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Not really. He well, he was a. For those who aren't intimately familiar with the 1980s era Packers, who were awful, <laughs> Chuck Cecil was one of the few bright lights because he was voted the NFL's dirtiest player, and made the cover of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> I just remember him throwing Walter Payton like 30 yards out of bounds one time, <laughs> just completely illegally, yeah. even by those standards back then. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, Chuck Cecil. He was the only guy we had for a while. Um, you know, before we move on, though, we did have an ugly game on defense in terms of, like, yards given up and everything, but mm-hmm. we were without B.J. Raji, Nick Perry, and Morgan Burnett. Yeah. Let's not forget. So it's not – we didn't give up a ton of points, and we didn't have everybody out there. So I was a little concerned just because it was a stressful game, but that's not the best game our defense can play. Last week – two weeks ago we saw a phenomenal game from our defense. So mm-hmm. – I, I'm not super concerned. I think it was just one of these games that we didn't play great, but we snuck out with a win, and the home field advantage made the difference, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And the fa- fact is, at the end of the day, you watch the game, it's one thing, but they only scored 20 points. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um There may be other games where it seems like the defense played great, and that, but the, the team ends up with 30 points you know, that you're playing against, and we managed to hold them with some excellent red zone defense, um, you know, and it would have been only it would have been would have been even better if they would have called the false start on the right tackle at the last play of the first half. Yeah, I did rewind it, and he did move. I rewound it, and I didn't see it. But then they, when they came back after halftime, you mu- they must have got a text from you or something, Mark, because they showed it and had it circled. <laughs> and I guess he moved. I guess everyone thinks he moved. But, like, I, I actually I also think that that penalty is such a joke sometimes. You know, like, an offensive lineman moves a sixteenth of an inch, and it's a five-yard penalty. I know. Right. It's so hard. Because yeah. you got a guy, a 300-pound, you know, jacked-up dude that is just ready to come and give it to you, and you got to f- be frozen like it's freeze tag or something like that. Like, that's just unnatural. So, yeah, it is a weird thing. And then once I noticed that he did that at the end of the first half, first of all, that is a huge momentum swing, scoring on the on an untimed down practically at the end of the first half, scoring a touchdown on a fourth down. That's, you know, a gr- huge momentum swing to them that we weathered and ended up going on to win the game. So that's, you know, kudos to come through that. Second of all, what, you know, what it reminds me of when you're like sitting there waiting for a defensive end to come at you or a defensive lineman to come at you is I was still watching CBS Sunday morning. I love that show. And they had, there's a prison in Louisiana. It's one of the worst in the country called Angola. And, um, it's all like serious, violent criminals. And they have a, um, rodeo twice a year where the inmates come out and do rodeo type stuff but it's all like a little demented. Like you kind of aren't sure whether you're a good human being or not for watching it. And one of the things they have is they have a convict poker where you're in a rodeo, whatever they call it, ring or area, right? And there's a pissed off bull and you take four guys and sit them down at a car table with cards. Oh, I've seen that. And the winner is the last one still in his seat. Yeah, I've seen that. And they have clowns jumping around, like telling the bull to like smack the guys. And you just have to, they just have to sit there frozen. Like, uh, but all the convicts are like, yeah, it's a nice change of pace. I'm never getting out of here before I die. So something to do. Might as well get gored by a bull. Yeah. Um, But uh, that's what it seems like. Like you're waiting for this bull to come get you and you know he's coming. And you don't know what way, but you have to remain perfectly still. It's just sort of one of the arbitrary, yeah. arbitrary things. But I, I don't know if there's a better. Do you have a solution? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't throw that into the stuff that is stupid section. No, that's not stupid. It's just uh, stuff that I don't understand. Well, I mean, I guess I understand it. It just it seems weird that just that tiny little flinch, but. You know, obviously they developed that over time because some teams must have been using that to their advantage somewhere. Along yeah, the way. you totally. I mean, if the inflection f- from Rogers to pull people off sides of his voice is enough, could you imagine if like offensive linemen could be flinching all over the place? Yeah, it would look it would look stupid. First of all, well, who we'd be used to it, but whatever. It, yeah. Okay, that's I don't know why we're talking about that. We we almost um, allowed Keenan Allen to set um, a bunch of records. The only thing that stopped him was him getting hurt, and that might have been the only thing that stopped them from winning the game. 
I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, somebody needs to pop this guy because if we don't <laughs> if we don't do it, he's gonna just keep catching. He's gonna have twenty catches today. Yeah. And then he like hurts his hip. Yeah. And he was he doing is, it he, all over Sam Shields. Like right when you think Sam Shields is back on his game, I, I don't know how many of those are directly on Sam Shields, but a whole bunch of them were. And it wasn't a blown coverage or I mean like he was there. He was covered most of the time when he made those catches, Keenan Allen. Yeah, he, he had some nice catches. Looks like he's got a mouth on him, too. Oh, yeah. it's I just kind of got that vibe early on. He's also one of those dudes that has the fat face. Oh, that's weird, like um, Carl Crawford. And Johnny Peralta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw his face. I'm like, gosh, this guy looks like a defensive lineman. But then you, sh- you see him, and he's a like, trim, fit, wide receiver. So it's like, well, uh-huh. There's, a, qu- there's a quarterback in college football now that's like that. I think it's maybe for Clemson. I can't remember, but, like, they kept talking about the guy. I'm like, they must have the wrong picture up. Like, I remember on, like, like on three different, like, shows that I'm watching the week leading up to the, this game. I think it was a Notre Dame-Clemson game. They keep showing his face. I'm like, that's got to be the wrong picture. Why does everyone keep showing the wrong picture? Because <laughs> the guy they're talking about is, like, this running quarterback, this super athletic running mm-hmm. quarterback. But the guy has, like, chipmunk cheeks and a big fat neck and like like okay yeah it's weird it's that head <laughs> yeah he he he's having a pro bowl type season i mean they kept going on and on about and they even flashed his stats like he's in the top four in the league and a lot of different stuff he was on my fantasy football team two years ago and i think when he was a rookie and uh he was very helpful um we had a, you mentioned to me we had a Justin Perillo caught a pass. I was a catch by a number eighty, who couldn't be built any different, more differently than Donald Driver, our last number right. eighty. Right. Yeah. And I misheard when they made the call, and I thought they said gorilla. I'm like, that's not kind. <laughs> He's just a gorilla. No, Justin Perillo. Sorry. Oh. oh. Um, was it the first catch by a number eighty not named Donald Driver? So I, I was leaning on your research there. Oh, I didn't research it. It just. It didn't look <laughs> I don't research. Mark's like the Fox News of this thing. Yeah, <laughs> you want. It's true Say because what? I thought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true because I came up with it. Um, so no, but he he had a catch, and Rogers, he wasn't out of the game, but he was kind of not in there for a, a, a number of series, kind of in the middle. So. The week off might do him some good as well. What do you think of that uh, no call on the intentional grounding? Which one? There are two, right? I only remember one. There's one on each side. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, don't there remember was the enough, one. There was on one the for each I just remember the one where Rogers was 25 yards away from Jeff Janis. <laughs> He's like, he <laughs> <laughs> just like threw into the third row. Yeah, well, he got it like five yards out away from himself, and, mm-hmm. and Phil Sims is like, "Yeah, I think maybe if we would have really reached for it, he could have got it." Very facetiously, in fact, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Janice was just the thing is Jeff Janice is like standing there watching this sack happen. I'm like, dude, run towards him. <laughs> you, you know, he's just standing there watching it. But I suppose he's probably just expecting Rogers to shake it off and then throw it 40 yards down the field like he always does. But, yeah, like he's used to being on the sidelines watching that. <laughs> Ooh, what's gonna happen now? Wait oh. a second, I'm a, <laughs> I'm in the game. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, yeah I, I was like, wow, we dodged a bullet with that one. Mm-hmm. But to Janice's credit, that that route that he took when he kind of did the U-turn and caught the ball on that sixty-yard play or whatever the heck it was. Right, that was totally yeah. an improvisation. That was awesome. Idea. So, yeah, so they asked him Mark. after the game. They asked him after the game who which guy was supposed to that play made for to catch it. When he came all the way across the field, and he goes, uh, "I'm not really sure. I guess I got to go back and watch the film." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, all I know is that the ball was coming to me, so I grabbed it." I was like, oh. "That's a good rule of thumb." So that's a that's the first thing you should remember in your job. It's a great catch. Yeah. yeah. If the ball's coming at you. Get that offense or defense. Catch that. Catch it. Unless you're playing the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, and it's like a hail mary. In which case, yeah. I guess you should knock it down. I got into so many fights over that, by the way. <laughs> Remember that game when we lost that game? Oh, yeah. We intercepted the ball, but yep. they called a touchdown for uh, Golden Tate for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And everyone mm-hmm. kept saying, should have just knocked it down. 
I'm like, he intercepted it. Yeah. Like he didn't. Like he had, he, he, he took the ball. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Should have knocked it down. Like knocked it down into the arms of someone else. No, he caught it. Like, yeah. um, I got, anyway, um, <laughs> it was kind of a bummer, um, to see Melvin Gordon have such a shitty day. Um, two fumbles, one lost. And they kept saying he was nicked up or banged up or shaken up, which are all stupid euphemisms when you don't know what's going on. But I don't think he was hurt. I think they just benched him. They took him off the field and retaped his ankle a couple times, though. And he did go to the, the, he did go to the locker, locker room. room during the first quarter. Yeah, but I, I still feel like Maybe he just got yelled at. Yeah, I need to yell. I need to, I need to yell at you in private. <laughs> I can't do it in front of all these people. I felt I felt bad for him too. Yeah, I mean, if they were going to get 500 yards, you'd rather see him run 490 of them. Yeah, than, you know. But yeah, let's see. Especially with like what happened to Monte Ball. Like you want to see some Wisconsin players other than offensive linemen have success in the NFL, or I yeah. guess specifically running backs, because we have that pipeline of awesome running backs, but eventually if they all keep flaming out in the NFL, it's like, you know, maybe that gets in recruits heads because Monte ball, it was supposed to be a second year and he's cut and no one's calling him. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So part of it might be, they just run him into the ground so much at Wisconsin. Maybe Melvin Gordon looked like he's got wheels still though. When he broke to the outside, I mean, he's, he had a 25 yard run. Yeah. So yeah. And he was, the best Wisconsin running back in a while that I can remember. So, um, uh, hopefully he pans out in the, in the national football league. Um, who else did we have here? Let's check in on our punter. Let's Tim see. I. Tim Maste. He had, he had 50, two punts inside the 20. Hey, and a 50 yarder. That's just ridiculous. You know, <laughs> I was literally watching the Michigan-Michigan State game and thinking to myself, this punter is twice as good as Tim Maste for Michigan <laughs> during the game. He had an 80-yarder during that game, an 80-yard wow. punt. Wow. Yeah, and he he punts. He's, he's literally Australian. Yeah. So he grew up Australian rules football. So he punts from a variety of different positions, um, and so he was doing great until – in case you missed it over the weekend, one of my alma maters lost in probably the most heartbreaking fashion possible to oh. a bitter rival. They they played both on the radio today. I was driving back from Green Bay. They played both of the different teams' broadcasts of that. Uh-huh. And it was it was pretty hilarious, actually, their broadcast. Yeah, I um, – it's so – I mean, it's a weird dynamic because historically Michigan's been the better program in every respect for a long time, except for the last eight years or so, seven or eight years, when Michigan State's just dominated and Michigan's been way down. And then to come back and, like, be in this position to win and, like, to really earn the win, it was like a hard-fought game and they were winning and then ten seconds left and your punter fumbles. Like, it's just... It's astonishing. It was just absolutely astonishing. Um, so, yeah, so that that was too bad for the University of Michigan. I'm sure you guys found it hilarious, but uh. <laughs> I wasn't upset when I saw John Har- Jim Harbaugh's face on the highlight. It's like, uh... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, Micah Hyde is another guy who. I really think should be singled out for kudos this season. He, f- he feels like he's just doing, as uh, Phil Sims said, he's a jack of all trades, or he does a little bit of everything and all of it well. Micah Hyde's a great player, which, and which doesn't they're putting him in a, in a tough position, and he's delivering every yeah, week. Exactly, and being a, being a really solid punt returner to boot. So. Um, Good to see. Good to see him playing well. I think we saw Aberderis on a pretty nice kick return, didn't we? Um, he was back there for one day to touch it. Yeah, he had a 30-yard <laughs> yeah. kick return. Yeah. Yeah, that's better than better than nothing. Um, 
Anybody else that stood out to you guys? Or any other plays that stood out to you guys? I thought James Starks looked like Herschel Walker. Yeah, he looked really good. But I've always I've always loved that guy. I mean, and they said it on the broadcast too, like who was the running back when they won the Super Bowl? It was James Starks, you know? Yeah. Wasn't any Lacey. Wasn't, you know, um whoever else. It was James Starks was the man. And he held it down for that playoff run and so he he's got it in him. It's almost like having the injuries and sharing time and stuff kind of like lower the odometer a little bit on him maybe or maybe that's wishful thinking yeah that's what it seemed like the year we won the super bowl because he really came on the last six weeks four weeks of the season or something and he was the fresh guy he didn't get beat up all year Mm -hmm. and so i think this is going to work out in our favor because we need a guy like eddie lacy when it's december january and you know side to side movement is harder because he can just run over people Mm -hmm. um and hopefully little you know, little moves and then run over somebody, you know, yeah. not the big, not the big plant and cut sort of deals. Yeah. Yeah. And Lacey, I think is very obviously hurt mm-hmm. with the ankle or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're lucky to have a guy like Starks. And it's still, I mean, he had like whatever the biggest day a running backs had for us so far. He still only had 10 carries. I mean, between them, Lacey and Starks had 14 carries which is sort of an average to below average workload for an NFL running back. It's weird because the run with Starks was working so well, and we had so many – how many three and outs did we have? I mean, our third down conversion rate was terrible. Yeah, I think at one point we missed like five or six in a row. That just is, That's the worst when, like, your defense gives up a long drive even if they don't score. They're out there forever. Then you go three and out, and you're just sitting there praying like, hey, how about a commercial? You know, or something. Can we can we throw something in here? Let the guys sit down a little longer. But three and outs just kill you. Um, football's all about third down. So that's all I got. That's all I got. I'm just happy that we uh, made it to six and zero, and we have a bye, and we can kind of regroup and maybe get the get the you know offensive ball rolling a little bit more in the second half. Although. We started off going up against two great defenses on the road. So, what is the next game? I'm not even sure. Denver. Yeah, Denver, then Carolina. So, um, it's not like we get to. I mean, we still get the Lions twice and the Vikings twice and the Bears once, but that's a little bit down the road. And Denver, Denver's a got to buy this week too. Yeah. Correct. Ah, that sucks. They have um, two defeated teams. They have scored twice as many points defensively than they have offensively. <laughs> so, uh, they score more with their defense than they do with their offense, and they have Peyton Manning. Like two years ago, in there in the Super Bowl, they had the greatest offense of all time, and now they can't score. They can't do anything on offense. But well, they maybe score a uh... defensive touchdown almost every game, if not every game. So. You know, I, I'm glad that we're six and zero, but six and zero to me is rather unimportant. So just we got into the. I wanted to get into the bye week a little healthier than we did, but maybe McCarthy's looking ahead to the Denver game a little bit, and that's why we were a little shaky against the Chargers because he knows that that's a bigger one. I think that generally they're looking ahead to they generally looking ahead like to the playoffs to bigger games in December. To you know what I mean? Yep. Um, that that's what I like to think. Um, we talk about that a lot. How they run certain plays in in September and October, and we think that's video set up for something in December. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think he's one. They're one of the few coaching staffs that's smart enough to do that. There are a lot of dumb coaching staffs in the NFL. I'd say that there's only about maybe ten coaching staffs that really know what the hell they're doing. Cause, well, there's a lot of reactionary owners too. Well, and that's why it's because yeah. turnover is so fast that you're looking over your shoulder constantly, and having the right mesh of owner, general manager, front office, coach, and all the coaching staff is just rare, you know. So, like, I, it's probably fewer than ten, you know. Like I thought it, they had it here with John Fox, and they fucking just fired him for no reason at the end of last year. Now he's in Chicago, and they. 
brought in someone that you know sucks, so Kubiak. So like, even in places that you think they have like a good setup, it's pretty much you just got New England, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Seattle. You know, are there any other places that aren't completely fucking dysfunction- dysfunctional? <laughs> you know, like every other place, there's like, uh, you know. I would have said Indianapolis maybe last year, but that's not, that's not us. How about that's Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're consistent. Yeah. Maybe the Giants. Maybe. Yep, Giants. Loosely. Are, yeah, put the Giants on there for sure. I mean, They always have a couple of ridiculous losses early on, but they always finish strong. Yeah, they're like the king of that. They've been doing that since they beat us in the FC Championship game. Yeah, they just like there's some point in the middle of the season where they everyone's just writing them off and like oh they, they finally suck. Eli's horrible, and then all of a sudden they win the last six games of the regular season and go on and tear in the playoffs. Like yeah, they're 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 one of them for sure. But there are very few, which is you know, I think ties right it's owners that want to medal, you know, and have short horizons because in the business world like a year or two years, or three years, is forever when you're used to trying to get your revenues up for the next quarter, you know? Yeah. So, like, having the foresight to kind of put all the pieces in place and then sit on it is something you don't see in football much. You see it more in baseball, I guess. I guess baseball-type people are a little more patient generally, though. But Okay, well, that's a, that's a tangent. Um <laughs> All right, tangent over. Emails. Yay. Do we have any important stuff? Um, I was going to, but, like, once again, all I came across was depressing stuff. (laughs) I have to stop reading, like, Gawker Media. Yeah, (laughs) probably. It's just like, oh, a four-year-old shot a two-year-old. Yeah. Why do I need that information in my head? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Jim wrote in again because yeah. we can count hey, on Jim. Jim. Hey, Jim. Um, he says, all right, all right, chaps, question mark. Watched the game mostly through the red zone as it wasn't a televised game over here. Did I miss something or were they just not using Eddie Lacy? I think we talked about that. Pretty. Uh, given the joy Starks was having between the tackles, uh, added to the fact that Rodgers was struggling to find receivers. Surely this was an Eddie Lacy game if ever there was going to be one? I think he has a point there because we could run, you know, mm-hmm. and they have a uh, this year historically, not, not historically, but this year they have one of the poor run defenses in the league, and we didn't really take advantage of that. Um, but I'm not going to exactly question the. Kind of comes back. We couldn't convert on third down. We couldn't stay on the field to do much of anything. We only had four. Okay, that's just going to be me talking. You guys don't have a thought on that? No thoughts? Okay, mm. good. Yeah, are we still in the middle of the email here? We are. This is an aside. That was oh. Me. That was me giving an aside. And then so I shouldn't do that. It's good. It's good. He continues. Um, there were times when Lacey was in good positions to receive a ball out of the backfield, and Rodgers just wasn't interested. You, Matt talking now. This is something I also want to mention. Um, if you watch, like, the Patriots, it seems like Tom Brady, like, they'll throw it 50 times a game, and they'll all be dump-offs, you know, or 10 yards down the field. Rodgers is almost too good for his own good and kind of keeps that eye downfield longer and longer, and he'll throw it. Like, we had one third down. It was, like, third and a foot. Do you remember that? And he threw it to Richard Rodgers, and it would have been, like, a 35-yard reception. Mm. And it was just bare. He caught it, but just out of bounds. Yeah. And there are probably like two or three guys underneath that he could just chuck the ball to or run it himself. But he's just too focused. And we've mentioned it. We have that lack of a downfield threat. So maybe he's looking from that more and more and more instead of just taking the easy cheese. Yeah. Yeah, maybe for all we know, Rodgers did check out of all the runs. Or just the dump-offs, you know? Yeah. He, he doesn't want to take the easy cheese. Maybe by not taking the easy cheese right now, it means that the easy cheese will be there in the playoffs. Maybe. God, I want cheese now. 
Uh, Jim continues. Um, you will likely have a bit more of anything on the rumor mill, but is Lacey out of favor for some reason? I couldn't understand it at all. My other point is on the Rogers hard count. Is he the best in the game at pulling people into the neutral zone? I'm convinced there is no tactical reason for him doing it sometimes, except that he just gets a giggle out of it. And then the left tackle just points with a look of faux shock on his face, like a father would taking his kid's kid to a pantomime when the guy, bad guy comes on the stage. He's behind you. Classic. <laughs> uh, six and zero is what the record says. I thought Rivers was outstanding today. We defended really well in the first half, but Rivers was just putting the pal on a sixpence every time. You guys can use that. Putting the pal I'm write that on down. a sixpence. Write that down. 500 yards at Lambeau can't have been done many times by a visiting QB. If Montgomery, well, it hasn't been, it's only been done like 17 times in the history of the NFL, so, um, yeah, probably not. If Montgomery is out for a while, I think Janice looks like a decent fit for him. Can't see us struggling too much passing the ball. Hopefully Adams and a fully fit Lacey will be back after the bye. I like bye weeks. Means I can get my GDA of sleep on a Sunday. Very pleased with no overtime. 1 a.m. with a teething toddler when up at 5 was late enough for me. I don't get the feeling of guaranteed Super Bowl glory that I felt last year from us, though. I know we're 6-0, but there are gaps appearing in our game, I think. To leave on a positive note, HaHa Clinton Dix might be my favorite defensive player. He was everywhere again last night. Looks to be a great pick for us. Take it easy, guys. Jim. All right, Jim. Let's see. Let's, there's, a, there's lots to unwind here that I didn't already interrupt. I feel you on the toddler teething there, Jim. Yeah, I'm so, uh, I'm so glad I'm... I think we've already picked our favorite defensive player. Well, we can all I, have our own. I have, I have J. Rowe. I mean, as a podcast. Okay. I think we're pretty high on HaHa. Yeah, no, I like <laughs> Which it. is a pretty good band name. Yeah, high, um, on, uh, high on HaHa? Yeah. Great. Um, but, you know, uh, J. Roan is, is, is my favorite and a podcast favorite. Um, but HaHa is definitely there. Um, let's see. Oh, Matt, I think McCarthy went so far as to, to actually say that Lacey was nicked up, too, though. Yeah, I, I think so. I think in the post-game yeah. it was said, yeah. It's just a matter of kind of wanting to get through this game and have the bye week and just get him healthier for the second half plus just overall pitch count, you know, going for the season, going to the playoffs. Um, so I don't think he's in any sort of doghouse or anything like that. You guys haven't heard anything like that, have you? Have no, I, I think in the post-game – well, I was driving home last night. They, it was mentioned by numerous people that he was, you know, they were taking him easy because of his ankle. Taking him easy. Take, take, take him easy. Um, Jesus. Yeah, the hard count. Bakhtiari, I know he's a solid left tackle, I think, all in all. And he got everybody on the Packers in Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> which, you ha- if you haven't seen it, go immediately to see it. Um, uh, but... One of the annoying things he does is when he does that hard count, he does jump up and point at the guy. It's like, no, don't, no. <laughs> like, we don't need the five yards. You know what I mean? It's it's second and 12. We don't need the five yards. We need the free play. But he did it like three times where he pulled him off sides and then Bakhtiari jumped up and pointed at him. <laughs> and, I know what you mean, but I'm not going to complain about the guy because he's making league minimum and he's really good. He's pretty good. He for a while there he was averaging two holding penalties a game, and sometimes I wonder if there's an internal clock in Rogers' head about the backside blitzer. You know, he has like two seconds before he has to pull some sort of move out of his ass where he goes to the left. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, you look at the way the Packers' salary structure is. If they had to add a premium left tackle, you no, know, they'd no, have to give I, up something else. I'm I'm cool with Bakhtiari being what he is. Yeah, I mean that's the way it goes, and I like salary caps because it makes you make decisions. And when you find a bargain, like he, excuse me, like he is, it pays off. So, like I said, I'm not ready to be down on, but he does bug me sometimes. Um, I got you. Do to do six and zero. I don't remember having a really great feeling about the Super Bowl last year. If you remember last year, we started one and two. I was never automatic Super Bowl feeling last year. 
Um, until like the third quarter of the NFC Championship. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> until the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship game. Is the so here's game. what we've established. The, mo- the second that we start feeling that way, don't feel that way. Don't feel- stop that. Because that's when everything goes wrong. cut your fourth yeah. string tight end. Um, uh, yeah, gosh. Okay. Um, Montgomery. Hopefully that sprained ankle is just an ankle. Unlike Adams has one of those like stay up forever sprained ankles. Um, I was glad they didn't play him. He did practice this week and they talked about it. He practiced, I think a couple days and I was glad to see they held him out. Cause I didn't want to, I mean, you got the bye week coming up. There's just limited returns you're going to get from him in one game. I was happy that he was sitting down. Hopefully it means he's back. And, and like but. I said last week, I want to see them getting these other guys catches. Like yeah. Perillo got a catch. Uh, Montgomery got a couple more. Um, and Janice had, two big ones like that experience is more valuable than you know Adams coming back a week early I think yeah I'd rather have those guys in October and November and because you know Adams you know what he can do Mm -hmm. if he can make it back by December you know that he's going to be a tall physical threat on the outside that we don't have right now and the other guys will be that much more experienced by that time if he's able to come back so yeah I'm with you and I just and I feel like Randall Cobb, it, like he's hurting somehow. He just doesn't have the same level of shiftiness, and to survive at his size in the NFL and to be elite, to be like what you know we're paying him to be, he needs to have elite quickness and shiftiness, not just be super smart around the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't seem to have that, um, like he has in the past. So he's another guy that's banged up. I think that. Maybe a week, an extra week or I think you're right. Although but the we, guns on him. Did you see the guns on him after that Sunday night game? He's a pretty jacked guy. I mean, for like a midget, you know, because he's like Ty's height, but he's like... Hey, hey. <laughs> but, he, but he's like, his arms are enormous. I didn't know, I, didn't, I had never realized that before. I, th- I don't know how much guaranteed money his contract had, but it was only like a four-year deal, right? I don't. I have no idea. I don't, it's like four years, forty million, something like that. I, I think he's hurt too, but I think he'll get back to where he was. I don't think he's a lost cause by any means. He's just one of those gym rack type of guys, though, that won't pull himself out. Maybe you know, and so sometimes you can play through it. Sometimes, sometimes you can't. Um, yeah, another solid email from Jim. It's, Thanks, Jim. It, it's tough to. Right, I Jim. need to read these things beforehand because it's it's tough. Um, translating from English to English um, on the fly. <laughs> well, you you did a good job. You even got some asides in there. Yeah. Um, but I didn't demarcate them as well as I could have, though, so I apologize to the listeners and to you guys. Less to you guys. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's about it. Any final thoughts, Mark? I want to go after Ty. Okay, Ty? Jeez. Um, no. Happy it's a bye week. Happy yeah. we're 6-0. and oh. What'd you eat? Uh, set a brat and uh, some peanuts and a beer. Kona Longboard? I had a Kona Longboard. I did. I did, and then a Miller Lite. Yeah, that was about it. Just two beers. That was it. That's yeah. it, officer. And two then beers. there was... I promise it was just two. And then uh, and there was somebody in front of us that had a baby. Like, so. like, uh, uh, like get, already like, born baby. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they weren't giving birth in front of us. No, it was already born in little baby Bjorn. And you know, there's two people in front of us that had a baby. I feel like we should have touched on that before the 57 minute mark of this podcast. <laughs> Damn it! That seems like news. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like saving Silverman and the Neil Diamond concert. Um, oh, that's a lot. That's a throwback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, I. 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 Okay. Mark, go ahead. I. I didn't really have any final thoughts I other than what I already all it. We're all happy talked about. Yeah. We have a week off, and then people are going to get better. I mean, we're six and zero, and that's not something we we usually are. So, um, we're winning games that we're not playing at our optimum, which feels kind of crappy when you're watching the game, but in retrospect, it's kind of like, ah, it's pretty good, you know. What I mean, it could be the could be the Patriots, you know. They won that game last night, and 
they weren't in control of it, you know? They just yeah, someone... it's hard to be upset about a win, but I do think that at a certain point in the season, there are some character losses that your team kind of needs to go through. Because, I don't know, I just remember when we went undefeated that year until KC game, and it just felt weird to me the whole time. It just felt almost fraudulent, you know, like it can't, it can't possibly be this good. Something has to go wrong. And you know, that's the vibe that I'm kind of getting right now. I wish we would have, that was the year before we started doing this. I wish that we had started that year because I would have, I would like to go back and revisit our thoughts on that. You know, talk about it out loud. I have gone back and listened to some of the cold openings from last year. Some of which are pretty funny. <laughs> um, on iTunes, you can just do it real quick. But uh, um, yeah, it would have been nice to know what our mindset was back then because I kind of feel the same way. I didn't feel indestructible. I felt like the other, like something bad was going to happen. Yeah, I feel like you have something to lose, mm-hmm. and all the time, like you're you're holding this precious glass, whatever. Like, oh my god, don't do something bad. You might lose a game, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, football is it's a game of toughness at a certain point, too. And I think there is a mental toughness that you gain when you have to overcome stuff. And you only get perspective after you've been down a little bit. And we haven't had that yet. And I, I want to see how the Packers bounce back. And so far, they've done it all within the game. So that's encouraging. But mm-hmm. I won't be pissed off if they lose a couple games this year. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it all Just, comes down to the games in January. And February, and that's like that's what I said a couple years ago was when we lost in the playoffs. It's like shit. Like when you're at the level the Packers are with their level of talent and coaching, it's you got to. It's not wait until next training camp or next season. It's wait until wait until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like nothing really matters until the playoffs now with the level that this team has sustained for a decade now. Yeah. And so it's kind of like. Yeah, a loss here or there, if it's something you can build on, is not that bad of a thing. Um, you know, the bigger things are like the injuries and the nagging injuries and the getting into a the proper type of mindset to succeed in the playoffs. So, anyway, they've been knocked back in their heels, on their heels, in the game, in, in a number of different games this season, but have come back within the same game to kind of manufacture these wins and... Some of them, I think, wouldn't have happened on the road. Um, but we bet, you know, we've won. This game is a perfect example. Yeah, I, I don't know if we win this game if we're on the road. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And, you know, the season we went 15 and 1, those were almost all blowout games, it felt like, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's, it, re- that, that's just me going on it memory. Would, it, it would be, be nice. Out. We do have the Lions twice still, so there's some hope for some blowout games coming. Did you see that they beat the Bears? Yeah. Oh my God! The NFC North is a dumpster fire. Yeah, um, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> uh, but you know, so is the AFC East, and so is the, I mean, AFC or the AFC South. I mean, yeah, the AFC South has the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans in it. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and that, so let's and, go. And and before we and close Tennessee, this up, who, that's four. Who's still undefeated? Uh, Everybody except for the Falcons. Same yeah, the, as last the Falcons week. are the only ones that uh, dropped out. Mm-hmm. So the Carolina one. Huh? New England is five and zero. Cincinnati is six and zero and looking more legit every week. Um, Broncos are six and zero, and the people around here are calling it the worst six and zero in the history of football. <laughs> Even though they have a thirty-seven point uh, point differential. Um, yeah, they've only allowed hmm. one hundred and two points. Um, Packers are six and zero. Carolina is five and zero with an impressive win on the road in Seattle, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, but it's good because that Seattle team at some point is going to gel. It just might be too late because they're two and four. And then Arizona is probably they have a point differential of plus eighty eight, but they're four and two. So, dang, they're, they're an NFC team to look out for. And we get, so we get the best record. We get two undefeated teams coming out off of our bye here, as it stands right now, on the road, both of them. Well, I picked us to win in Denver, so I hope I'm right. 
Me too. All right. Um, that's enough. That's enough of this nonsense. Say goodbye, everybody. Go pack it Goodbye, goodbye everybody. <laughs> <laughs>